Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, and you know, I just had to. I, I had to. I got the Guns N' Roses shirt on today. We had to go with some Guns N' Roses. This is the Daily Dose. This is where we unravel the global conspiracy for you and show you what is happening in the world, the real behind the scenes of what is unfolding, what is going on. Vince has the night off, by the way. But uh, a conspiracy it is. And, you know, I grew up in the 90s. And if you grew up in the 90s, one thing is assured. 
is that music was very, very important to your life. That the music during the 1990s was kind of the counterculture, right? That rose up after the Cold War, after the wall came down of all this stuff. And this is a remnant of it that Axel Rose is saying that it never ended. It never ended, that we're still in the midst of the Civil War. And listen to these lyrics right here. I want you to listen to these lyrics, okay? Did you wear the black armband when they shot the man who said that peace could last forever? My first memories, they shot Kennedy. I went numb when I learned to see. So I never fell for Vietnam. We got the wall of D.C. to remind us all that you can't trust freedom when it's not in your hands, when everybody's fighting for their promised lands. That is powerful because it's true. And I agree, you know, the 80s and the 70s as well. But I grew up in the 90s and was just talking about me here. And so, yeah, the, the 90s for me were about music because we didn't have internet. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have TikTok. We didn't have Facebook or Twitter. We occupied ourselves with music. We occupied ourselves with our imagination, thinking about the lyrics of the song or what they are saying or what they might be saying, along with the tones and the melodies and the rhythms. And this ingrained within us a certain level of social engineering towards who we are today. That is why we are the people standing up. That's why we are the, the Gen Xers and the millennials that are standing up today and the baby boomers standing up today and fighting against this tyranny because we are the ones that notice it because we remember when the world used to be different. We remember a time when the world wasn't full of corruption and bullshit. Well, it was. We just... It wasn't as prominent because information dissemination wasn't as grandeur, right? But see, here's the thing is we've known for the longest time that these people were going to come out and they were going to perpetuate this agenda. I remember 2012 being in my backyard in Colorado, in uh, Westminster, Colorado at a fire. And I was telling a group of friends about the New World Order. I was talking to them about what they're going to do, their plans, Agenda 21, Codex Elementarius, how they've taken over the food supply, the, the pharmaceutical companies. I was talking about World War II and Operation Paper, and they were like, yo, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. And now those same people are texting me like, dude, this is really happening. Oh, my God, what should I do? And here's the thing. is In life, you have to stick to your convictions. You have to stick to what you believe in and what you understand and what you know. Don't simply believe something because somebody said it. Go out there and reassure yourself. Investigate it. Research it. Inquire within it. Validate it to yourself. And see, that's what truth is about. Truth isn't blindly accepting something simply because somebody said it or they have an authority. Truth is about this self-discovery, this process of self-discovery, of digging in to the information to uncover the resonation of truth. And right now we are in an absolutely epic, epic time, uh, just mind-blowing frigging time. So we're going to go over some news today. And this news is going to be, yeah, this news is going to be startling for some. It's going to be shocking for others. And I'm pulling some up right now. I'm going to put me on the, the right-hand side here. And you see all that those tabs at the top? That's what we have to go through tonight. 
And I say that this news is going to be shocking, but it's going to be funny as well because this is absolutely frigging hilarious. So Michael Cohen, who is Donald Trump's former lawyer, former lawyer, this is the guy who did 14 months in prison for lying to Congress, so on and so forth. Oh, look at that. Melissa Marzalak is in the audience. Oh, my goodness. What's up, Mel? We got Melissa. I went to high school with Melissa. She's awesome. Fantastic. So this is where we're at. Michael Cohen goes to jail 14 months for lying to Congress about the, the Stormy Daniels stuff. Okay. He now becomes the star witness in this let's arrest Trump, New York City Attorney General, DA, District Attorney case. Last night, yesterday, his lawyer, okay, his lawyer testified in front of the grand jury stating that the, the attorney or the district attorney has left evidence, over 600 pages of evidence out of this trial. He's kept it from you. And today we get this letter right here released from February 8th, 2018. And I'm just going to read it because this is absolutely comical. I'm writing on behalf of my client, Michael D. Cohen. This, this is the lawyer of Trump's former lawyer. In response to your letter dated, letter dated January 30th, 2018. Specifically, this letter responds to the complaint numbered MUR 7313, which was filed with the election, Federal Election Commission by Common Cause and Paul Ryan. In a private transaction in 2016, before the U.S. presidential election, Mr. Cohen used his own personal funds to facilitate a payment of $130,000 to Ms. Stephanie Clifford. Neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford, and neither reimbursed Mr. Cohen for the payment directly or indirectly. Contrary to the allegations in the complaint, which are entirely speculative, neither Mr. Cohen nor Essential Consultants LLC made any in-kind contributions to Donald Trump for President Inc. or any other presidential com campaign committee. Mr. Cohen has not been a government employee during any of the relevant time periods. The payment in question does not constitute a campaign contribution or expenditure, and therefore the FCC lacks jurisdiction over this matter. The complaints have not and cannot present any evidence to the contrary. Accordingly, the complaint should be dismissed. Now, this is old. This is pertaining to what happened a few years ago when Donald Trump, you know, they're bringing up all the Stormy Daniels stuff in Congress. Well, what, what this letter shows... You got to remember what this trial is about right now with the, the New York City District Attorney. They're trying to say Trump wrote off the $130,000 as legal fees after he paid Michael Cohen, okay? And that this was campaign finance violations, that this was a payoff, all these other things. It's showing right here that Michael Cohen never got reimbursed for that money. That he spent $130,000 out of his own personal accounts and never got reimbursed for the money. Th this is called exculpatory evidence. It's evidence that shows that the client, the defendant, is 100% guilty. So what happened? They canceled the grand jury meeting today, which was supposed to basically vote on an indictment. According to sources, the district attorney is going to be dismissing any charges, apparently. And this is where it gets interesting. Because... What happens next? Because this DA was caught lying. 
The DA was caught lying. Trump targeting DA caught hiding hundreds of pages of evidence. Yes, this is illegal for a prosecutor to do. He cannot hide evidence from a grand jury. Service-funded DA Ellen Bragg caught hiding nearly 600 pages of exculpatory evidence from the New York grand jury in Trump case. We mentioned this yesterday. So let's listen to what Hershey said. Um, are we now criminalizing in this country political differences? For example, you and I have some political differences. We align on some issues. Uh, but then you look at the New York case, then the case in Fulton County. Uh, you know, did he have top secret classified information like Hillary and Joe Biden? The J6 committee uh, recommendations and, and investigating that. Is this an effort to prevent him from running for president? Without a doubt. Uh, you know, in my new book, Get Trump, I go through all of those four allegations and I say there's plenty of smoke, but there's no fire. And if there were a fire, it would be set by arsonists. There is no crime committed in any of the four allegations. And I prove that categorically in my book, Get Trump. Where did I get the name Get Trump? I got that from Letitia James' campaign slogan. Her campaign promise was, I promise you, I will get Trump. But I want to add something new that hasn't been said before. I think that Bob Costello has changed this case dramatically. I think that Bragg now only has two possible results from that. Number one, he can say, all right, I'm going to try to make the case without Cohen. He cannot use Cohen as a witness anymore. That would be unethical because of the testimony that uh, Costello gave. Or he could say, look, I have to drop the case. He may not be able to make it without Cohen. But if he can't make it without Cohen, he can't make it because no ethical prosecutor is allowed to put on as a witness somebody who has told the lies and has contradicted himself so much. So I think that Bob Costello, it's a game changer. I think maybe that's the reason for the delay here. I think ethical experts are now telling Bragg, wait a minute. You cannot use Cohen. So if you can make it through Pecker, if you can make it through some of the other people, okay, go ahead. But if you can't make it without Cohen, you cannot bring this charge. That's a powerful statement. Do you agree with that, Greg? Oh, I agree 100%. Um, you know, I mentioned it yesterday. I think when Bob Costello cut into that grand jury room and told them, wait a minute. We don't need to go through all of that here, but we get the gist of it is that they have no case. And with the exculpatory evidence now coming out, Trump was, that's why Trump came out and he's like, yeah, I want to be, I want to be handcuffed and, and dragged into the courthouse because he knew it wasn't going to happen. Now, if they do come after that, if they do come after Trump, <laughs> you're going to see some fireworks. And so today we see the Manhattan DA canceled his plans to arrest President Trump when his final grand jury witness told the jurors that Bragg was hiding 100 pages of exculpatory evidence from them. Um, but there's more to the story, okay? Let, let's go back to the, the news feed here. 700 NYP riot cops mobilized, steel barriers, barriers deployed ahead of potential Trump arrest. Guys, they did polls all this last week. Nobody's showing up from the Trump side. Nobody is showing up from the Trump side. So why the reaction? Well, according to the, the view is, I guess, a little annoyed that uh, they fell for the Trump arrest scam. But here's the thing. 
Two people came out to protest Donald Trump in New York City, but the cameras pans to reveal over 20 press cameras filming them. So the only people actually there are two lefties and a bunch of media. Hmm. Interesting. Who do you think is going to be there in the next few days? If the district attorney comes out and says, we are dropping the investigation, we're sorry, we messed up, new evidence has been entered, Trump's innocent. If this happens, which it's more than likely going to happen, you're going to see anti-Tifa start moving in. And New York City is going to be on fire. I'm telling you. This is their plan. We're moving in the spring and summertime. They need to fuel riots of hatred. They need to burn the shit to the ground. They need to show the world just how mad they are. And they want to hope that patriots, good patriots, are actually going to show up. That is one of the keys. They want the right to show up. So they were hoping that they could actually indict President Trump. And when they did, when they did indict President Trump, what they were going to use is the left as a mechanism to start riots in the street and show just how bad the right really is. Well, now they can't do that. So now they have to spark an outrage. Things are not going well for the deep state. Things are not going well for the Biden administration. Things are not going well for the Department of Justice. So there's a lot of things occurring in the backdrop too, because I've always said that this is nothing more than distractions. This is distraction time. We got to distract the people from what's actually happening behind the scenes around the world and in other parts of the echelon of control. Okay. So you have to just take that people's attention away from doing runs on banks. What did Jalen Janet Yellen just say today? The secretary of treasury just say today, I've never seen anything like it with people running and pulling money out of the banks. We were scared. Do you understand the power we have? Within 24 hours, billions of dollars of Americans' monies were pulled out of the banks, for goodness sake. And that scared the living shit out of them. So much so that they had these false allegations come out from the Trump DA to provide a distraction, to take everybody's attention away from the financial institutions, away from the banks, away from the economy, that direction. And they're going to keep on doing this. That's why tonight is false flags and mass protests inbound. This has got to happen because they need a cover story for all the shit that's about to occur right now. Now, the Federal Reserve came out today and raised interest rates 25 basis points. Okay? Now, it's the, the, the highest since 2007 amid the banking crisis. So this is the highest um, rates have ever been since 2007. That's not a good sign because the crash came after 2007. So this is what you want to think about, okay? And yes, we had another bank collapse today. We'll talk about that here in a second, okay? From Zero Hedge, he says, because of the Fed's 25 basis point rate hike, now the regional banks that couldn't match the Fed's 4.75% rate will definitely not be able to match the Fed's 5% rate. You have to understand what we're talking about here. These banks still hold toxic assets and debt. 
Two-year, five-year, 10-year treasuries sitting at 0.1%, 1%, 2%, okay? There's no incentive for people who are high net worth individuals to put their money into a bank and get 2% or 3% on the dollar when they can go straight to the Federal Reserve, to the Treasury, Treasury Direct, and get 5%. So there's no there's no incentive to keep your money in the bank when the rates in the Federal Reserve are higher and you can go directly to that. Okay? So you have to see this from the perspective. The banks are still holding bad debt. Billions, billions, billions of bad debts. And this isn't even including the 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 80 trillion dollar derivatives market of the banks. And this is the housing and so forth. Oh, we're not even getting into that yet. All right? What we are seeing, though, is that the Federal Reserve raising rates today. They, they, and by the way, they had to. They should have done it more. They should have done it 50 basis points, but they only did 25. Market had a negative reaction. It'll rebound by the end of the week. Don't worry about that. But think about it this way. Is they just incentivize going out there and buying U.S. bonds directly from the Treasury? Who wants to keep their money in the bank? Nobody. Now they're pumping $17 trillion of liquidity into the banks so the banks can start lending on expensive money that nobody wants. Well, the seven, excuse me, the 17 trillion adds to the national debt and hyperinflates the value of the dollar, decreasing its purchasing power, inflating the prices of and cost of goods and services. This is like stagflation that is about to exasperate to hyperinflation. This is not good. And so I'm giving about six weeks before we see about five more bank failures. And potentially in there, you're going to see a big bank failure. JP Morgan Chase, one of these guys. Now, if we take a lesson from what happened with Credit Suisse, which is a fairly big bank, 12, uh, they, they have, um, sorry, they had two point, Credit Suisse had about $2.2 trillion worth of assets. They had $1.7 trillion worth of deficit or liabilities, okay? And they got bought out for $2 billion. You imagine getting that deal? UBS goes in there and says, hey, you got um, you know, $2.2 trillion in assets. We're going to buy you for, uh, for $2 billion. Well, they do have the uh, obviously the $1.7 trillion worth of liabilities. Now, here's the thing, is UBS, okay, is consolidating the banking power. That's right. Bank of America, Don Mega, that's it. Bank of America or Chase are most likely not. I'm saying Chase because Kramer was on Twitter yesterday saying JP Morgan's a tank. They can't go down. Well, that means they're probably going down. He's talking about Credit Suisse a week ago. All right. So the Dow plummeted 530 points after the Federal Reserve's rate hikes uh, came out and uh, the comments that they made pertaining to the banking crisis. Now, today, another bank, well, got into trouble. PacWest, the customers pulled out 20% of their total deposits. The bank has now borrowed $10.5 billion from its Fed's discount window. That $10.5 billion is at like four and a half, five percent by the way. $3.7 billion from the Federal Home Loan Bank and $2.1 billion from the bank term funding program. Stock is negative 56% in the last month. That bank is about to collapse. Collapse. PacWest and First Republic tumble after Powell's and Yellen's speech. So it fell 17% just today. And so 
what's going to happen is Pac West is most likely going to fall into the gutter here in the next few days. And you're going to see smaller banks begin to collapse over the next few weeks. And then you're going to have a big one. And that big one's going to produce a cascade level event that's going to produce a run on the banks. I'm saying we should use a run on the banks as our ammunition against a deep state. We go out there, we get 20 million people that say, Hey, look, we're going to pull all of our money out of the banks. Unless Joe Biden steps down, Kamala Harris steps down, and investigations immediately into them. You end the Federal Reserve. You go back to a, a, a solid money uh, based upon gold and silver. We have that power and authority to demand that from our government. And we can utilize that level of civil disobedience, our God-given rights to do that. We have the choice of where we hold that money. SoFi says it'll let members increase their FDIC insurance to $2 million for checking and savings accounts. Now, think about this. The FDIC insures people up to $250,000, okay? one Only one person, not all accounts either. Now they're saying, hey, look, we're, we're going to increase that to $2 million for checking and savings accounts. Oh, where does that money come from? Because I'm pretty sure the FDIC insurance, which is a private insurance that just bailed out two banks, First Signature and SVB, paid about $140 billion, which they only have about $3.7 in the reserves. And that money comes directly from the banks. Where do the banks get it? Oh, they take it out of your deposits. They get it from you. Fees, transaction costs, ATM costs, and they just take your money. So now they're going to insure up to $2 million, a 10x. Well, guess what's going to happen to banking fees? They're going to go up 10x. And what's this all paving the way for? This is paving the way for what we know has been coming for a long time. And there's people out there that are now talking about this. We've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about ISO 2022. We've been talking about the new financial system that is being integrated currently. We've been talking about how they are going to kill the dollar. They are going to do a wealth transference by collapsing the economy and the markets by going after the banks. And what this is going to do is this is going to cause people to lose faith in the system specifically. When people lose faith in the system specifically, they're going to be begin pulling their money out. That's going to produce a cascade event. The markets are going to collapse and the federal reserve is going to rush in with the solution. What's the solution? Well, in June and July of this year, you have the fed now system that is coming out. You're wondering what's the fed now system. Let me give you an idea of what the FedNow system is. We were talking about this last night. If you wanted to donate to the Red Pill Project, up in the left-hand corner right there is Donate on Cash App. Okay, Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, okay? Give, Send, Go. What these are are payment systems that are more efficient and a lot faster than your bank. If I want to transfer money, I can do it instantaneously through these apps. Well, the Federal Reserve saw this and said, well, this is a great way to get in there immediately and start making these transactions happen instantaneously. So the Federal Reserve came out with FedNow. And FedNow basically allows you to transfer money to anybody, to pay anybody instantaneously with the same technology that all these other companies are using. Well, guess what they're going to do once where they put FedNow out and it's about six months in and people have started using it. They're going to get rid of these apps. They're going to get rid of these guys. 
They're going to say, hey, you need to get a banking license in order to do that. They're, I guarantee you, they're going to come after Cash App. They're going to come after Square. They're going to come after uh, Venmo. They're going to start coming after them. They're going to try to shut them down, tell them they need a banking charter. Why? Because they have the FedNow system. The FedNow system is a low-level integra inter integratory system that is similar to a blockchain. Why do they want it? Because any transaction that flows out of a bank will go through the FedNow system. So if you go to the 7-Eleven and you pay the 7-Eleven, that money is transacted immediately. You might think that it's actually transacted immediately when you use your credit, your debit card, but that transaction actually takes quite a few hours or a few days. And they actually have the digital transference of assets. Um, and this goes through something known as a SWIFT system. Well, FedNow basically just kind of works on a faster system and makes that happen instantaneously. Okay, well, that's great. That, that kind of sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? No, not really, because that system is going to track every payment that you do. Not only track the payments that you do, it's going to pull in the receipts of what you're actually purchasing. So if you're at the 7-Eleven and you're buying a 12-pack of beer, 12-pack of soda, and, and you know a hot dog or something, the Federal Reserve now knows this. This is a very, very low-level blockchain system that is the, the foundational integration to the next level blockchain system, which will introduce CBDCs. And so what happens is the small banks go away. They can centralize all banking power into the big six. Once they can centralize all banking power into the big six, you have a massive economic collapse. One of those banks collapses. The Federal Reserve, the Treasury come in. They save those people who were just affected trillions of dollars, hyperinflating the dollar. And they immediately come out and say, hey, look, we have a better system that can work for this. We're going to just immediately go to CBDCs. We weren't planning on doing this in 2025, but it's 2023, 2024 now. We're going to do it now. And they're going to integrate CBDCs. And the way the CBDC rollout will happen is that every one of the banks that are left after this major cascade collapse are going to have to register with a regional Federal Reserve Bank. Your accounts are going to shift and change. If you're with Wells Fargo, JP Morgan Chase, stuff like this, they might start asking you for extra information. Have you noticed that lately? I went out up and signed up for a, um, a brokerage account. And they asked me for all types of information. Well, guess what? You go to the IRS and you need some documents. They're going to ask for biometric data of your face. Well, guess what your banks are going to start asking you for? Driver's license uploads birth certificates, social security numbers, biometric data, and they're going to validate you. And that's going to immediately be shared with the Federal Reserve System when the banks go and register with them. What's going to happen though, is this is going to be income-based. So if last year on your taxes, you made less than $50,000, you're going to get like a three to one ratio on exchange for CBDCs. Because if you can get the majority of the people who are low level in poverty to comply with something, everybody else will traditionally follow because money is now being transacted at that point. So they'll do a three to one. So if you have a you know $4,000 in your bank account, all you have to do is go to your bank and say, I comply, give me CBDC, and you're going to have 12 grand. People that make between 50,000 and 150,000 are going to get a two to one ratio. People that make between 150,000 the 300,000 are going to get a one-to-one -one ratio. People who make over $300,000 a year, they're going to get a 0.9 to one ratio. And here's the kicker. For every single one of those tiers, it will decrease each month until you comply. And so it's forced coercion into the new system. This is where we're headed. This is what's happening. This will be here two years. Two years will be probably fully integrated. 
this is where we are heading and this is not a good place to be guys. So what we've also seen though, is that various different congressmen, especially the various rhinos um, have stepped up against this, which I'm kind of shocked and, and happy about uh, simply a bad idea. Ted Cruz introduces a bill to stop the creation of central bank digital currencies. You also have the house, uh, the house, uh, the House uh, Minority Leader or House Whip or the, the second in charge to the Speaker, Tom Tom Emmer, who's my congressman, who is a rhino through and through, saying CBDCs are bad. Do not go there. Why? Because they are a centralized digital currency. They are a centralized blockchain. They aren't distributed ledger. They're not decentralized. We like decentralized blockchains. Why? Because decentralized blockchains allow you to control your own money and who you do business with. Did you know that when this country was founded, that people would just go out there and create banks? If you were a business or a corporation, you would typically go out there and create your own bank without any authority whatsoever from the federal government. And if people wanted to do business with you, or if you were the main person, main business in that region, you were the bank and you were issuing your own currencies. We need to go back to that system. That system actually worked to a certain degree. But Ted Cruz has introduced a bill Tuesday that would prevent the Federal Reserve and the Biden administration from establishing a central bank digital currency. The federal government has no authority to unilaterally establish a central bank digital currency. He's right. They don't. The bill goes a long way in making sure big government doesn't attempt to centralize or control cryptocurrency. And instead, it allows it to thrive in the United States. We should be empowering entrepreneurs, enabling innovation, increasing individual freedom, not stifling it. And so the legislation is backed by uh, Senator Mike, Mark Braun, Republican Indiana, and Chuck Grasley, and would ban monetary policymakers from implementing a, the new technology. Now, this also goes back to something that I've talked about quite a bit, okay? Money is defined specifically constitutionally, okay? 1789 Coinage Act, okay? If we go in here, um, 1789 Coinage Act money. And where is it? Oh, sorry, 1792 Coinage Act. Well, it was revised. And uh, we go in here, F silver. I can pull this up. But it says specifically what money is in here, okay? And you can go check this out, okay? This is the 1792 Coinage Act on April 2nd, okay? That a mint for the purpose of national coinage shall be in same established, situated and carried on the seat of the government of the United States for the uh, for the time being, and that for the well-conducting of the business of the said mint, there shall be the following officers and persons, namely, blah, 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 duties, oaths, compensations, accounts, right? That there shall be from time to time struck and coined at the same mint coins of gold, silver, and copper of the following denominations and values, okay? Money is defined as precious metals, gold and silver, okay? That the proportional value of gold to silver in all coins, which shall by law be current as money within the United States, right there, section 11. Sorry, I didn't share my screen. Right here, section 11. 
And be it further enacted that the proportional value of gold to silver in all coins which shall be law by be current as money within the United States. Okay. All the coinage act says, and the coinage act, by the way, has not been changed. Okay. And constitutionally, you go to Article 2, Section 10. It says gold and silver can only print money of gold and silver, which means that money is defined constitutionally as gold and silver. Now you say, well, well Congress changed that in 1933, Josh. Well, actually, Congress did change it under a joint house resolution. I believe it's joint house resolution 177 or 122, 172. Congress went out there and changed basically what money was to federal reserve notes. Guess what? Congress doesn't have that authority. Nowhere in article two, does Congress have the authority to redefine what money is? The only thing they can do is they can regulate the coining and printing of money. The coining and printing of money does not equate to the creation of a digital currency, which means that our country must always, from the time of its inception to the ending of when this country ends, have some form of physical transactionary money. And that money must be backed up by something, tangible asset, gold and silver, period. The Congress does not have the right or authority to do this. And people need to get on board and understand this and start writing to their congressmen. Well, maybe we should write to our congressmen and senators and stuff because I guarantee they don't even know it. But the constitutionality of what they're doing right now, they don't have the authority. Like in, in South Dakota, how they tried to pass in the House legislator uh, the redefine money to exclude Bitcoin. Okay. I'm fine with that. Then I can use it as a transaction medium and you can't charge me shit for it. I'm okay with that. But here's the thing is Congress, whether it's state or federal has no authority to define what money is. It's not within their enumerated powers under article two. Nowhere does it say that Congress has the authority to define what money is contrary to that, not contrary, secondary to that is it never gives Congress the authority, right? Because you got to remember, the Constitution is the people telling the government what they can do and what they're going to do to preserve our freedoms. That's what the Constitution literally is. And in Article 2, nowhere in there, okay, does it say that Congress has the right to levy their power to a third party. It doesn't. Anywhere. Nowhere. Because guess what? They don't have that authority. So the Federal Reserve, by definition, by constitutionality, it's unconstitutional. Completely illegal. And, and I wish I had a constitutional lawyer who would take a pro bono case and we could go out there and we could file these charges directly against the U.S. federal government, against the Congress, the 435 members, and sue the living daylights out of them for the end of the Federal Reserve effective immediately under the unconstitutionality that Congress does not have the powers enumerated within the constitution to basically levy their power to another power, to another authority, period. Man, I get so pumped up. I get so pumped up. It's lonely here without Vince, huh? All right. So what to do financially. Listen, guys, 
More banks are going to fail. More banks are going to fail. I don't need to say this any louder, okay? If you're not working with Dr. Kirk Elliott, I highly recommend it, okay? Getgoldtoday.com. You can buy a few hundred dollars. You can buy a few thousand dollars. You can transfer an IRA. You can create an IRA. You can talk to them about options with your 401k, whether it's managed or unmanaged. I would just recommend giving them a call and talking to them. 720-605-3900 or scan that QR code right there or go to getgoldtoday.com, okay? And they're going to take very good care of you. But I would be in gold and silver. I would be buying property land. I would be buying brass to cover your ass. I'd be buying food, stocking up on items because when hyperinflation hits, the cost of food, the cost of living is going to increase dramatically. Gas prices are going to skyrocket. It's 20 bucks for a five gallon jug, right? To keep gasoline in. It's 20 bucks. It's another 20 bucks, okay, to fill it up. $40, you can have five gallons of gas, okay? I'd go out and buy a few of those and fill them all up, put that little uh, powder stuff in it that, that keeps that gas good for a few years and store it away in your garage or in a storage locker or wherever you can store it, okay? If you can't afford My Patriot Supply, if you can't afford long-term food storage, these types of things, go to the grocery store and get freaking canned goods. Just go in there and go, I like raviolis. I like Chef Borardia. I, I like SpaghettiOs. I like chicken noodle soup. And just start stocking up on them. They might say that they only have a two-year shelf life. Those things will last freaking decades. They will survive nuclear blasts, okay? Get canned goods. And you're like, well, I live in an apartment. Storm in your closet. Storm under the sink. Get a storage locker. Do what you have to do. But the key here is to survive what's coming because it is coming and you can't stop it. And you know what? We might be able to stop it to some degree, but they're not. You have to remember the mentality of the deep state, of the cabal, of the globalists, of the elites. These are sociopaths, psychopaths. They have no empathy. They have no emotion. They don't give a flying shit about you, me, or anybody. If they think they're going down, if they think this is over, they will take us all down with them. That's why people have been stepping on eggshells and trying to dismantle their system. That's why you have to orchestrate a genius plan that takes place over a decade in order for it to actually occur. But they are going to fight back. Understand that. Okay, two days ago, two huge loads, 2.5 million fentanyl pills. On Friday, Custom Borders Patrol officers found approximately 829,000 fentanyl pills in a quarter panel of a car. Saturday, officers took approximately 1,663,040 fentanyl pills hidden throughout the pickup truck. And this was in the port of Nogales in Arizona. And yes, these are Chinese fentanyl pills. That's right. Because this is asymmetrical. This is warfare at its most extreme level. 
It's no longer kinetic war fighting with munitions and navies and armies. It's about economics. It's about destroying the foundation, the moral and ethical base and structure of a country. That's the war that we are in right now. And that war is going to continue and get worse as long as we do nothing. And let me show you how bad this is. This is the product of social engineering of paid stooges. This is why you're seeing all these videos of, of, of people gang being other people. It's because of things like this that absolutely disgust you and me. Let's listen to this. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people because that, in my estimation, is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. Now, I don't care whether you clap or not, but I'm saying to you that we need to solve this problem because they are going to kill us. And I will leave on that. So we have to just set up our own system and stop playing and get very serious and not be diverted. And the Kill white people. That, that's what he said. He wants to kill white people. Exterminate them. Because if, he doesn't, if they don't exterminate us, they're going to exterminate us. You know what? We're human beings. We're all human beings. I don't judge or look at a person or... or my perspective doesn't derive from them dependent upon their skin color. Never has, never will. Okay. I think that you judge a man by the, 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 the actions that he does, by the color of his character, right? This man right there, Camus Cambon, who is the author and owner of Blacknificent Books. This man is a radical, probably paid by George Soros to get up there. And what he's doing is he's fueling a race war, a racistly baited hate war. That's what these people are doing. And listen, I will defend myself. I'll defend people in the streets. We just saw that video of that 12-year-old girl in New York City getting gang beat by like 15 boys. This is atrocious what is happening in this country right now. And if you see it, if you see it, I hope you, I hope you go out there and you just start whooping some ass. And I hope you're armed too, because you're going to need to be armed if you have a gang of 15 people trying to whoop someone else's ass and you're trying to help them. Excuse me. All right. Suspect wanted by the FBI is threatening to jump from the 31st floor of a Manhattan skyscraper. I don't know what ended up happening to this guy. But uh, if you're wanted by the FBI, the last thing you should probably do is tell them where you are. Just, you know. Hey, what's this one? Mass shooting averted. This is, this is a great one. You guys got to check this video out. There's no volume to it, but we're going to play it. 49 seconds. Check this out. Watch Tubby begin to walk in over here. See Tubby right there with a flashlight in his hand? He's got a pistol right there. Bouncer grabs the pistol. Unbelievable. Grabs the gun. Should have shot him right there. Dude from outside comes out. 
That was going to be a mass shooting, people. They just adverted a mass shooting. Apparently, the guy had a kill written all over his hands, had a devil's mask on, and a pistol in his hand. False flags are inbound. Understand that. False flags are inbound. Not only that, is we have countries that don't like us too much. Uh, Kirby, let's go to Kirby and listen to what Kirby has to say. This is about Uganda. Is anything like sanctions or some other concrete measure being considered by the U.S. side if this law should take effect? Yeah, well, first of all, big if there, right? Uh, this is the parliament passing it. It still has some process to go here. Um, we're, uh, we're certainly watching this real closely, and uh, we would have to take a look at whether or not there might be um, uh, repercussions that we would have to take, per per perhaps in an economic uh, way, uh, should this law actually get passed uh, and enacted. What's he talking about? They're going to do economic sanctions on a country known as Uganda. Why? Why? Because they banned homosexuality. We <laughs> Let's listen with uh, KJB. We have grave concerns say. with the passage of the Anti-Homosexuality Act, AHA, by the Parliament of Uganda yesterday, and increasing violence targeting LGBTQI plus persons. If the AHA is signed into law and enacted, it would impinge upon universal human rights, jeopardize progress in the fight against HIV AIDS, deter tourism and invest in Uganda and damage Uganda's international reputation. The bill is one of the most extreme anti-LGBTQI plus laws in the world. Human rights are universal. No one should be attacked, imprisoned, or killed simply because of who they are or whom they love. Well, guess what, KJB? This is the United States of America. We have those rights and freedoms here. In Uganda, they don't. And they have their own government who they voted for. And the government listens to, I guess, their people. And they don't want it. And you, the United States has zero right, zero authority to step in and intervene and say, oh, well, we're, uh, we're no longer going to support you financially. I'm okay with that, actually. They'll just divert the money to Ukraine. But what they really are talking about here is that they're going to they're gonna starve the people of that country. They're going to stop the imports from Western nations into that country and put high tariffs on them because Uganda passed a bill they didn't like. That's absolute absurdity. doesn't matter what the bill was. Another country can do what the hell another country wants to do, and we need to just stay the hell out of it. This is absolutely epic. I said, if there's one thing you're going to watch today, let it be this. Rand Paul catches Moderna CEO in apparent lie after he claims myocarditis is less common in those who had the vaccine. Uh, let's listen to this. This is epic. Uh, you need to really listen to this and pay attention to this. Mr. Vansell, uh, Moderna recently paid NIH $400 million. Do you believe it creates a conflict of interest for the government employees who are making money now off of the vaccine to also be dictating the policy about how many times we have to take the vaccine? Good morning, Senator. Uh, indeed, we recently made, a, before Christmas last year, a $400 million payment to the NIH for uh, an old patent that they had developed, not related to COVID, but useful in the development of a COVID vaccine uh, to, to prevent for their work. 
it's for the U.S. government to assess how that money should be Do you think it creates a conflict of interest for the same people deciding the policy of how often we have to take the vaccine to also be making money the more times we take the vaccine? Yes or no? This is for the government to decide. You have no opinion on whether or not it creates a conflict of interest. Is there a higher interest or a higher incidence of myocarditis among adolescent males 16 to 24 after taking your vaccine? So thank you for the question, Senator. First, let me say we care deeply about safety and we're working closely to, with the CDC and the FDA to Pretty get- much a yes or no. Is there a higher incidence of myocarditis among boys 16 to 24 after they take your vaccine? The data I've shown actually, I've seen, sorry, from the CDC actually shown that there's less myocarditis for people who get the vaccine versus who get COVID infection. You're, you're saying that for ages 16 to 24 among males who take the COVID vaccine, their risk of myocarditis is less than people who get the disease. That is my understanding. That Senator. is not true. And I'd like to enter into the record six peer-reviewed papers from the Journal of Vaccine, the Annals of Medicine that say the complete opposite of what you say. I also spoke with your president just last week, and he readily acknowledged in private that, yes, there is an increased risk of myocarditis. The fact that you can't say it in public is quite disturbing. Do you think it's scientifically sound to mandate three vaccines for adolescent boys? This is for the public health leaders to decide, Senator. You've been advocating for it. You've been interviewed, and you've been advocating for boosters. Do you know when the myocarditis is most common among these adolescent boys after the second dose? When I spoke with your president, he readily acknowledged in private, yeah, that maybe there ought to be a discussion whether we ought to have one vaccine versus two versus three. If 90% of the myocarditis comes after the second dose, why don't we have a rational discussion about one? Marty McCary, a physician from Johns Hopkins, has said exactly the same thing. It's been discussed, and yet we have this ridiculous notion from the CDC. So the CDC says, and I'll ask you this question. Let's start it as a question. Your 16-year-old's had COVID. Your 16-year-old gets better and now has recovered from COVID. You vaccinate them, and they get myocarditis. Are you going to give them two more vaccines? Your child, give them two more vaccines? I'm not a clinician. I will have to discuss. You have children. I do. Have you <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, that's just funny. Have. How many times? I do. <laughs> Three or four times. Three or four times. We so the, the CDC recommends this, and you know, you're obviously someone who's self-interested in the outcome here. But the CDC says that if your 15, 16-year-old gets COVID, recovers, takes a vaccine and gets myocarditis, is hospitalized with elevated heart enzymes, and is very sick. The CDC says as soon as he gets better, vaccinate him again. You know how many American parents think that that's a rational, reasonable thing to do? Do you know how many countries don't do this for children? Uh, Sweden doesn't offer the vaccine for kids under 12 unless they're at risk for severe disease. And I agree with that. I'm not saying never on any of this. I think it's a very reasonable position to say kids at risk or have some diseases that there may be a reason for vaccinating some children. Fin All right. We don't need to go too much more into that. But this is the idea I want you to understand. Is number one, Congress is talking about vaccine prices and Senator Rand Paul is bringing up myocarditis. They are noticing the people who are dropping dead. They are noticing the, the TV reporters and the pilots who are dropping dead and having heart attacks. We all know that this is from myocarditis. It's the big elephant in the living room. Okay? 
these people need to help be held freaking accountable. And if people like Rand Paul and Ron Johnson are just going to sit on this information and, and grill the CEO of the company about this, the hell with them. We, the American people need to start pushing back because apparently we can't sue them because it's on the schedule. And what we need to start doing, well, I can't discuss that here. We're going to have to talk about that by the docs without cell phones is what we need to start doing. And I think we all understand what that means. All right. Let's go into more news here. This lady really wants to cut your son's balls off. You cannot stop me. Democrat has used a filibuster to block virtually all political business in Nebraska for weeks over a Republican bill to ban gender surgery for underage kids as she likens it to genocide and vows to keep going. Nebraska state legislator on Tuesday began debating LB 574 and is expected to continue to debate it until Thursday. The bill would forbid gender affirming care, such as puberty blockers, hormone, hormone, hormone therapy, and surgeries for those under the age of 19. In the protest of the bill, Omaha Senator began a filibuster, which lasted three weeks, promising the grind work to a half and burn the session to the ground. And she's done exactly that. And guess what? Every state after this last election has these radicals in there, including the state that I'm in, Minnesota. And I'm trying to get out of here as fast as possible because this is bad. It's bad here. It, it's really bad. And another one, newscaster. Trabajaba para el programa Lo Sé Todo, que se emite por el Canal 1. Oh, no. That's what happens when your heart inflames and you get myocarditis. Have we ever seen anything like this before in our lives? Oh, sorry. Man. Crazy. Crazy. What else we got? Man, I thought we had a, this should have been all COVID stuff here. All right. Researchers discover how certain elements of electric fields are remarkably affected, effective against COVID-19. Isn't that interesting? Researchers have discovered the power of electric fields and certain elements, including silicon, gold, and copper against the Wuhan coronavirus. Two scientists at Curtin University in Western Australia found that the aforementioned elf elements alongside electrostatic fields can be used to destroy uh, SARS-CoV-2 spike proteins. The study authors Assam Deef and Nadim Darwish notes their discoveries in the February 23rd paper published in Chemical Science. Coronaviruses have spike proteins on their periphery that allow them to penetrate host cells and cause infection. Study lead and corresponding author Darwish said in the media statement, we have found that these proteins become stuck to the surface of silicon, gold, and copper through a reaction that forms a strong chemical bond. The two researchers discovered SARS-CoV-2-S1 spike proteins in water and applied the solution to silicon wafers and gold uh, sheets of gold, platinum, copper, and stainless steel. 
They then closely scrutinized the material using atomic force microscopy imaging. Diefendorf noted that the study that the S1 spike protein remains connected to some surface, particularly silicon and gold, despite significant washing. Similar reactions were observed in platinum and copper, while stainless steel showed no covalent bonding. The capability of silicon, platinum, gold, and copper to react with the spike protein can potentially be used to develop anti-coronavirus surfaces that are capable of irreversibly trapping the virus via strong covalent bonds. This covalent bonding potentially examines explains why SARS-CoV-2 survives a limited am amount of time on copper compared to its viability on stainless steels and plastics. But you notice they're not talking about how they could use this to develop, uh, hmm, let me see, the copper that I drink or colloidal silver. Hmm. Notice how they're not talking about colloidal silver. Notice how they're not talking about colloidal copper. If you're vaccinated and you're wondering how to get rid of those spike proteins, I would immediately start looking in the colloidal silver and colloidal copper immediately. That's about the best word of advice I can give you right now. All right, going back over here. A friend of mine, he actually, his office is right down the street from where I live right now. Kind of ironic, Dr. Scott Jensen. And uh, he's, uh, he's fighting the system. Let's listen to what he has to say here. Good morning. It's March 22nd, 2023, Wednesday. And this will probably be my last um, Facebook live message for at least a couple of days. I'm going to be pretty busy getting ready for my uh, in-person conference with the Minnesota Board of Medical Practice on Friday. March 24th, uh, that'll be at 1230. It's uh, a private affair. There's no public allowed and it will be in person and it will not be allowed to be uh, live streamed or anything like that. So I appreciate so many thoughts and prayers, but I want to just answer a question that's been coming up a lot. And people have asked me, Dr. Jensen, you're not young, you're 68 and you've practiced medicine for some 40 years. Why don't you just give up the ghost? Why don't you just uh, retire and ride off into the sunset? And I've told my wife that I'm plenty willing to have a serious discussion about retirement when I turn 80. So in 12 years, uh, I think that that's a reasonable time for me to have that discussion. And Mary's comfortable with that. But I had the chance this morning with the patient to really have it crystallized for me in a way that I thought I could share with you why it matters so darn much to me. I love being a family doctor. I, uh, I don't want to stop being a family doctor. I don't want to stop making house calls. I had a delightful patient in this morning. We talked about the fact that she's very possibly going to be one of my patients that makes it to 100 years of age. In less than a month, she'll turn 97. She's got grandchildren and great-grandchildren. She's got great-great-grandchildren. I told her after our visit was done that I'd see her in a year, and she said, no. She said, I'd just as soon not be back for another visit. I want to die. My friends are passed away, and I don't want to be a burden. Now, this is a lady who is incredibly with it. And she said I could talk about her as long as I kept her uh, specific identity uh, anonymous. 
de-identified, if you will. But she told me that she wants to last through the winter. And I told her there's no evidence that she won't last through numerous winters. And she said, no, this one has been a bad winter. She wants to be done with winters. This is to be her last. But she wants to get through this winter. And I said, why is that important? She said, well, I want the earth to thaw out so that when they dig my grave, they don't have to dig through the frost. I mean, the lady is just funny. She's got a wisdom that you just don't, you don't get without living a lot of years. She's got a long family line, a family lifeline, so she does indeed have a, a great opportunity to potentially live to be one of those triple-digit people. But if something happened to her, she's one of those people that I want to get in my car and at the end of the clinic day go see her. It would probably be easier for me to go to her than for her to come to me. That's the magic of being a family doctor. And I don't know if you're aware of it, but just recently, medical schools across the country had their match day. And match day is when graduating medical students learn where they're going to do their residency, whether it's in family practice or surgery, radiology or pediatrics. And they find out where they're going to spend the next three years of their lives, or maybe five years, or maybe seven years. And I just have, I guess, a message to all of those senior medical students who have matched into a field of primary care in medicine. You have the chance to have an incredible life being a physician for people okay. on an everyday basis. All right. So that's Dr. Scott Jensen. He's been on the show before. He's actually uh, right next door to me, well, the next town over in Watertown. I'm going to reach out to him because uh, he's a family practice and they got a really good clinic out there. And that's where we're going to take our kids to his clinic. And if you've never worked with a family medicine or a family doctor, um, they're better than kind of like specialist doctors, pediatricians, or, you know, the big clinics that you have to go to. And uh, he's uh, about to potentially get his medical license taken away because he was prescribing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin to patients during COVID-19 pandemic. It's absolutely absurd that this is going on. And uh, my, my thoughts and prayers are going out to him and his family that they win this, uh, this, uh, this complaint. And by the way, it was complaints that were filed on him from people who aren't even his patients. Okay. People who are not his patients were filing complaints on him. And that's why he's having this review. You have to understand that. And that's right. It's because they care. Uh, Southwest pilot departing from Las, Ve Las Vegas became incapacitated mid-flight. The pilot was removed from the flight de deck mid-flight and replaced with a non-Southwest pilot who was on the plane. This comes at the heels of the FAA decreasing the cardiac, cardiac physical requirements for pilots because so many failed. And uh, this is why I drive. <laughs> like, this is why I drive places. I got to go to Arizona next month. And I like, I haven't bought my plane ticket yet. Cause I don't want to fly. I rather drive. And I probably, I think I'm actually going to probably drive. It's about a 24 hour drive. I'm just going to do it. Uh, because well, I'm not vaccinated. And I'm not going to fall asleep at the wheel. 
Missouri Attorney General, we are on a fence against transgender medicine for minors. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey issued an emergency regulation on transgender medical interventions for minors, telling Breitbart News, we are on a fence and leaving no stone unturned in the defense of children. In an effort to protect children and enforce the laws as written, I am issuing an emergency regulation clarifying that because gender transition interventions are experimental, Missouri law already prohibits performing them in the absence of specific guardrails. Fantastic. And so Missouri, another great, you know, I would love to move to Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas, Texas. Like that's, that's kind of like my little zone uh, where I'd feel safe. It's because of people like this that are standing up and protecting and defending our children standing up protecting and defending our 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 rights our liberties our freedoms our republic united kingdom health system director admits it was all a lie hospitals blamed deaths on covid to create the illusion of a pandemic the former end-of-life caretaker from Great Britain has come forward to blow the whistle about how authorities at the United Kingdom's National Health Services blatantly lied about COVID deaths in order to inflate the COVID numbers as part of the PSYOP pandemic. While previous to the COVID, there were four different types of pneumonia that comprised the primary cause of death in the UK, that number was reduced to zero after the pandemic was declared. Hmm. We now know. Instead, a newly implemented medical examiner system for death certificates instructed medical personnel to categorize all pneumonia deaths as COVID, which is how the COVID death numbers eventually grew into the millions, both in the UK and all around the world. We knew this. We were reporting this when it was happening in real time. There was people literally coming out and talking about this. And then you get stuff like this. Former Israeli defense force medical officer and director of primary care at Mehudet, Israel's third largest health medical organization serving 1 million clients nationwide in Israel calls for the immediate halt of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine. Reports are accumulating on pathological findings after the Corona vaccine's devastating inflammation has been found in the large and small blood vessels in the heart, brain, health, and other organs where spike protein from the vaccine is found. The link to vaccination is a proven fact. We are assured that the mRNA disappeared from the injection site a few hours later, but it remained for 60 days in organs far from the injection site. Europe is now reporting an increase in mortality in countries with high vaccination rates of tens of percents. Sudden deaths must be investigated in connection with the vaccination. The use of vaccinations must be stopped immediately until a thorough investigation. We doctors allow it all to happen, contrary to the foundation of medical ethics. First of all, do no harm in honor of the people who were affected. About time you're starting to see more and more medical personnel come out and fight against us. And we need to have troves of this. Same thing with the climate change shit. We need to have troves of them begin to come out. Get to this other story here. Toxic grocery warning. 75% of fresh non-organic produce grown in the USA found to contain toxic pesticide residue. The Environmental Working Group, EWG, named its Dirty Dozen Produce Items this week, highlighting the most dangerous produce items on the market when grown conventionally. And some of the items on the list may shock you since they are widely regarded as healthy superfoods. Unless produce is grown cleanly without pesticides and herbicides and in is laboratory tested, it can be risky to consume to some degree because it might be chock full of hidden chemical poisons that are unseen to the naked eye. 
Uh, mind you, EWG's Dirty Dozen produce items are especially dangerous when growing in the United States due to the lax regulations surrounding the spraying of deadly chemicals on crops. If grown elsewhere in the world, many of these foods are likely safer. For the research, EWG looked at 60, 46 different produce staples. Overall, the organization has found 75% of freshly grown produce in the United States contains some degree of harms, harmful pesticide residue. All right. And the Dirty Dozen is as followed. Strawberries, spinach, kale, collard, and mustard greens, peaches, pears, nectarines, apples, grapes, bell and hop pop peppers, cherries, blueberries, and green beans. The clean 15, conversely, are as followed. Avocados, sweet corn, pineapple, onions, papaya, sweet peas, asparagus, honeydew melon, kiwi, cabbage, mushrooms, mangoes, sweet potatoes, watermelon, and carrots. So someone said they're having a hard time hearing me. I'll put the mic a little bit closer to my mouth. How about that? Sorry. All right. So when it comes to food, when it comes to food, be very, very careful and make sure you are washing all of your fruits and all of your vegetables. I forgot the formula that was out there. There was, um, I forgot what it was. Was it like a fat or an oil? There is something that you can actually put your vegetables in and it'll literally tear all the petroleum-based chemicals and stuff right off of it and out of it. Um, I forgot what it was, but if if, our, if Rosemary or, or Roxy or somebody uh, wash with baking soda and water, there you go, baking soda and water is one, but there is something out there that literally you can see it in the water after you do it. Soak in baking soda for 15 minutes. Everybody's saying baking soda. So there it goes. I think it was apple cider vinegar or something, but, uh, but yes, or plant your own, plant your own veggies, plant your own fruits. That is the ideal condition of what we want. And um, here we go. Adam Schiff accused of leaking classified info and is a felony. Former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Adam Schiff has been accused of leaking classified inf information so frequently that the former CIA director, Mike Pompeo, wants the Democrat lawmaker to no longer have access to it. Well, you know, Mike Pompeo, I want him to no longer, you know, be free. I want him to be in jail. And he says, during my time as CIA director and secretary of state, I know that he leaked classified information that he had been provided to him. Pompeo said, noting that Schiff played a crucial role in the Trump-Russia investigation, which was plagued with leaks to the media for years. It's a complicated process, right? It's difficult to pin down precisely what happened, Pompeo said, but I wish I could tell you uh, that when we provided information to him and to his staff and ended up in places it shouldn't have been with alarming regularity, we could see it. In the end, I decided I held back information from them as a result. For his part, Schiff's office responded that P P Pompeo's remarks and called them false and defamatory. This is another patent, uh, patently false and defamatory statement by Mike Pompeo. We understand that Adam Schiff is a favorite target by the failed lackeys of the Trump administration running for president. Reputable news outlets shouldn't repeat these falsehoods. <laughs> and then they say, reputable news outlets shouldn't repeat these falsehoods. They're telling you exactly what they're thinking, dude. This is just absurd. And, and so, you know, what's funny is like Pompeo, nobody's sitting here talking about how this is treason because it is. This is freaking treason and they should be arrested and jailed. Other people who have done less are in jail for this. And I say again here, tell me again how we are a free country. The FBI is paying J6 defense witnesses 
the FBI is paying January 6th defense witnesses to provide the defense's trial strategy to the Biden DOJ. The government has paid informants inside the trial, feeding information to the FBI and the DOJ. This is beyond outrageous. Absolutely. The allegations about the existence of yet one more previously undisclosed CHS after various other alleged full and complete disclosures of CHS is involved in the case demonstrate that there are reasons to doubt the veracity of the government's explanation justification of withholding information about the conformed uh, about the informants. And so the information was came out today, but basically to put it in a nutshell, the DOJ or the FBI is paying people for the defense to take down these January Sixers. That's 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 not equal justice under the law. That's not a uh that's not a real trial, okay? That's a kangaroo court is what that is. Let's shift into the global political. Oh man, we're we're running out of time. <laughs> Damn. We always run out of time so fast. I'm going to run through this real fast. Yesterday Xi Jinping and Putin they were talking, and uh, Xi Jinping said that uh, the change is coming that hasn't happened in 100 years, and we are driving this change together. Putin said, I agree. Xi Jinping said, take care, dear friend. And that's right. This is the new world order that is being established. Putin and Xi aim to defeat the unipolar war, which is another term for globalism or the deep state. Although their idea of the new world polarity or their new world order is not anything that I think you or I would actually agree with. Mexico's president says that the United States cannot talk about human rights with Julian Assange detained, cartel violence with President Joe Biden bombing the Nord Stream pipeline, or democracy while leading the presidential uh, while uh, while arresting the leading presidential can- candidate Donald Trump. Those are some massive words right there. I'm going to read that again. Mexico's president said the United States cannot talk about human rights. When Julia Assange is detained, they cannot talk about cartel violence while President Joe Biden is bombing the Nord Stream pipeline, or they cannot talk about democracy while arresting the leading presidential candidate, Donald Trump. And Mexico, I just said, is going to join BRICS. And I do think that Donald Trump is somehow behind the BRICS alliance. I'm telling you. Donald Trump is somehow about this because he knew that they had to rise up against the Western global order, or this would have already have been over. And I think we all know that. This one I found comical. Blinken says China has not crossed the line on lethal aid to Russia. (laughs) As we speak today, we have not seen them cross the line, Blinken said in response to the question of the Senate committee on whether China was providing lethal aid to Russia. What does he mean crossing the line? Does he mean by giving them tanks, munitions, depleted uranium rounds, uh, HIMARS, small arms ammunitions, and billions of dollars? Like the United States has crossed the line by giving all that stuff to Ukraine? These fucking people are hypocrites beyond you could ever imagine, man. And it's just, it's absurd to see this actually happening, that this is actually unfolding right now in our world. And, uh, There's coming a time where patriots are going to rise, where freedom-loving people are going to rise, and we're going to take this world back. I'm telling you, that time is coming, and it's close. It's here. Net zero. Cambridge uh, Cambridge Shire Council are tearing down an orchard of 500 fruit trees 
um, and designated as principal importance to build a new green bus lane to help with the 15-minute city goals. Residents voted against it, but citizens are ignored in the new normal. This is in the Cotan Orchard in Cambridge. It's the eighth largest traditional orchard, orchard left in the UK, according to Anna Grasley, and it's about 300 years old. And they're going to tear it down to put in a blue bus line. Oh my goodness. And there's some there's some agenda 2030 stuff that's coming out. I think we're all pretty up to date on that. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. Um and some other stuff coming out. I'm going through some stuff here. There's some a few things I wanted to talk about. But uh we can talk about that again some other time. That's fine. We can jump into that. And maybe we'll talk about it on one of our Zooms. I'll be on the Zoom tomorrow night. Tonight, though, there is a Zoom every night on uh, Red Pill Project, Social Red Pill. So anybody who wants to join the Social Red Pill, there's always a Zoom on there. You just go to the Events tab at, after you sign up for a profile. And that's right. So when you hit that that right there, it's going to take you to redpillpatrons.com. You sign up, and it's going to ask you to download an app, which is Mighty Networks. You can download that app, or you can use your web browser. It doesn't matter, but it is on Mighty Networks. And you can sign up. You can support us with a subscription if you wanted to. If not, just use um, a, a free one, and you can go on there and get into the Zooms. It's, um, man, my my uh, my mind is blah, 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 blah. Well, I wanted to check something out. Uh, but, yes, go on over there. Did something happen on Rumble? Oh, interesting. Rumble has been having problems all week, huh? But yeah, you can go on and join up there. And uh, if you go into the events tab right there, the Zoom, it's it's going live right now. You can join it at any point in any time. So take uh, go on to that. Um, if you guys want to help support the Red Pill Project and anything that we do, uh, cryptocurrency, if you guys are into cryptocurrency, I do crypt- teach a crypto mastermind if you're interested in that. Uh, you can find that on Social Red Pill, the one I just had up. But if you guys want to help us out, send some crypto, donate. You can go right there, redpills.tv slash send crypto or hit that QR code. That's going to give you all of our wallet addresses. Uh, then we also have the Cash App. We don't have Venmo or anything like that. We do have a Cash App. And that's just money sign Red Pill Project on Cash App. Or Give, Send, Go. Support the Red Pill Project at Give, Send, Go. Redpills.tv slash go. And for those interested, Kirk Elliott right there. Getgoldtoday.com. Gold and silver bullion IRAs. Get those 401ks transferred over there. Um, and then if you do uh, happen to go to my pillow, use that promo code RPP. And also, if you guys wanted uh, my, my Patriot Supply, you can go on over there. They have uh, the three-month food supply right there. Three-month emergency food supply. Uh, 2000 calories plus you get tons of other stuff. You can hit that. That is in order for the, give us credit for that to support us though. You have to go to redpills.tv slash Patriot or hit, hit that QR code. It's the only way to get there. They also have potassium iodine tablets. And so potassium iodine, anti-radiation tablets right there. You can find those there. Who knows if we're going to need those things, but, uh, much love, respect guys. God bless you. Take care. Uh, I'm out of here for tonight. It's, uh, past our time, but we'll be back with you tomorrow with another episode of the Red Pill Projects Daily Dose. Take care. Have a good night. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. 
And uh, they call me Eye Patch McCain. <laughs> I, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's a, it's collusive. It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And uh, you know that's the beginning of communism.